Hi and welcome to Cycling Talk with me, Georgia Mahoney. Make sure to take a look at my social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast and Twitter at cycling underscore talk. I love it when people share my podcast, so make sure to keep doing that. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Acast, my website and all the usual podcast places. I'm really excited today to be interviewing Nikki Bramier. I have followed Nikki for quite a few years and she was the first rider that I really knew about when I first got into cyclocross. So without further ado, let's begin. Thank you for joining me today, Nikki. Oh, thanks for having me. It'll be nice to have a little chat about racing. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Um, probably it was when I was probably five or six years old. Um, I think my dad bought me this old shopping bike. I think it was like a rally racer. It was nothing special. And I can just remember going up and down the garden path on it, falling off probably quite a few times and just, um, yeah, just having fun really in my garden and eventually just, yeah, my brother got a bike too and we'd just race up and down the garden. So did your parents ride as well then? Um, my dad used to do motocross and then he kept getting too many broken bones and it was just getting expensive. So he decided to start um, a cycling club with some of his friends and they, they were called themselves Chevin Chasers. Um, and Chevin is like a place over just where I live at the moment. Um, and they used to go mountain biking over there every weekend. And then I just started because he used to do lots of Knots and Derby cyclocross races. And I, um, I just started off doing it that way, really. What was the first bike that you were really excited about? Um, to be honest, I was never really that excited when I was younger about equipment. I think it was more just if the colour looked nice. It wasn't like a specific bike or anything that excited me. Um, but I think when I started racing cross, uh, when I first went to Belgium, I got um, when I was on Telenet for day, it was nice to ride, you know, Ridley's. And then when I started riding for Bowles Dolmans on the road, and on cyclocross, um, I started to use Specialised, and I absolutely, like, I still now to this day love Specialised bikes. They just look amazing, feel, like, really responsive, and um, they're just really good bikes. I love them. Did you ride for a club when you first started? Um, I joined the club that my dad had set up, Chevin Chasers. Um, yeah, it was nothing special. It was just so I could go and enter the local Knots and Derby races. Um and then we had like a little club team after that called Double A Cycles, which was a local bike shop. And they sponsored me, my brother and one other rider. So that was kind of my first clubs. Were there many other girls that were riding in your area? There were some girls, but not loads. It was more like we'd often do a lot of the races with the, with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was beating quite a lot of the boys, which they didn't like. Um, which was like a good thing at the time because it made me more motivated to go and race again. Um, and I think as I got older, there was like more girls entering races. Um, it was something that was a bit like when I was at school and stuff racing, I always used to be shy of ever telling anybody that I raced a bike because I'd always think I was a little bit weird, like wanting to go out and ride in the mud at the weekends. But I think it's definitely become more popular now and there's definitely a lot more girls than there used to be, which is great. I think there's definitely, like me, I sometimes don't tell people about my riding because, I don't know, I, I just don't 
think about it really it's something that is in my cycling life and so I don't seem to take it into my school life or my friendship life or anything like that oh you should definitely you should you should be proud of that because it's something like that not many other people do and it's your yeah it's your like thing that you do at the weekends and you enjoy it um and yeah I'm pretty sure your friends would think you were pretty cool for doing that as well (laughs) do you remember your first race um my first race it was probably probably just a Knotts and Derby cyclocross race or I'm sure I did um an obstacle race as well which is a bit weird but it was like an obstacle race on bikes um I think that was maybe my first one and then I'm sure it would just be one of the Knotts and Derby cross races but I can't remember exactly it was it's a long time ago (laughs) did you do very much training when you first started no, to be honest, if I think back now, I probably rarely never started training properly until I probably turned like 18, 19. I mean, it's different now, but I think at the time when I was younger, I just used to love racing. So I'd do everything, mountain bike, road, track, cyclocross. And then in the week, I'd just ride my bike with my friends or go to a local club session or I never really thought about it as training. Um, and then it was only really when I went onto the track program at 18 that I moved up to Manchester and really started to kind of figure out what training was and you know that it was a tool to help me go faster and um that's when everything changed really but before that I just used to love having fun on my bike. Do you remember your first national race? Um my first national race probably it was at Sutton Park there's um a cross there in Birmingham it was um I'm sure it used to be like a UCI race as well and we used to get a lot of pros coming over for it, but I was probably only 15 or 16 at the time. Um, and I won it. And um, yeah, it was one of my favourite courses. We used to have that pretty much on consecutive years and it was really a good good cross to go to. And I always looked forward to it when I was younger. Have you done any nationals? No. Like rid money? Um, I was moving into under 14 this year. So I was planning to do some national racing. But because of coronavirus, I couldn't. So now I'm aiming for next year when I'll be second year under 14 to try and get some racing in then. But for me, it's all about the experience of it because I know that I'm not going to be like winning the races. Oh, 100%. You should definitely just aim to just get as much experience as when when you're younger, you know, in all the different disciplines. You know, results are nice, but it's not the main thing. It's just about having fun on your bike and trying all those different courses. And yeah, um, that sounds like a good plan for you. How were you getting to the races and getting all your bike and kit ready? Who was there to support you? Um, What, when I was younger? Yeah. Um, just my dad really my mum and dad always used to come to every race with me and my mum would be like my cheer squad she'd stand at the side of the course just screaming go on Nikki mm-hmm. and then my dad he'd do all my bikes for me and wash them and yeah I really never had any idea to be honest about bikes when I was younger mm-hmm. I just used to get on it and then go and go to the start line um, but we had like it was a whole like a real family event and um, my brother would be racing as well and it was something that we'd just do every weekend um, and there'd be other families and friends there that, you know, we'd just kind of run around in the field afterwards and, yeah, it was just a real, like, fun weekend, really. You're seeming so like me. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's good then. You've got so many opportunities ahead of you. It's good that you're, um, 
yeah having some similar like opportunities and feel like you're in a bit of a similar place now that's good so when you were doing your national races did you have many other girls to compete against um what when I was younger kind of junior level yeah yeah at track and road there seemed to quite a lot I think at mountain biking it wasn't great you know there's probably only like 10 or 15 of us on the start line um there's definitely like more girls involved now which is a good thing um but as I say a lot of the time it was quite normal then just for us to be started just at the back of the boys which yeah it wasn't it wasn't the best because obviously you want to race people that are similar to you and have similar abilities and are you know girls that are the same age but we ended up racing you know probably boys that were two years older than us but I mean it's all about just learning those races and just get, getting experiences and learning how to ride your bike and um, developing your skills and everything I think it didn't really matter whether there was other people on the start line because you were always focused on just being the best that you could be. Hmm. How old were you when you first raced internationally and what was that race like? It was probably when I was 17, um, I was selected to ride the Junior Mountain Bike World Championships in Lugano in Switzerland. And that was really my first time I'd ever been abroad. I'd never even been abroad with my family before. It was, so it was quite a big thing. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a major event, obviously. And, you know, you've got all these amazing riders around you, elites and um, juniors, under 23s, all these different categories. And, you know, you're probably on one of the most technical courses there are it was it was so technical I crashed about I don't know probably four or five times every lap but um no it was it was a great experience I loved it how was it being away from your family when you're in Switzerland um well actually my mum and dad flew out to watch me so that was nice to have them there because then you felt a bit like it wasn't that different from a home event it was because obviously it was in a different country and you had you know, 50 girls you were racing against instead of 10. Um, but then just to have them there supporting me, it was it, that really meant the world because it just felt like, yeah, I was okay because I had them there. How did your training change when you started to race internationally? And who were you training with? It changed quite a bit because when I was... Um, obviously, before I was 18, I was living at home and then I got taken on the track programme and was living up in Manchester for a few years, training with the track team and, you know, started doing some longer rides, three hour rides, four hours. Um, and then when I left the track team and then went over to Belgium and pretty much, you know, started afresh there, I met my husband, my now husband, Matt Bramier, and we often trained together and he was on HTC High Road at the time, um, a professional men's road team. And he's had this coach called Sebastian Weber. And he had all this like crazy training, like, you know, a lot of hours on the bike and threshold efforts, uh, VO2 max efforts, all this stuff. And I'd just basically just do what he was doing. And then I started to find that I was actually going really good off that training. And that's really when I started to perform better as well. So it changed, you know, from probably doing, I don't know, like 15 hour weeks to doing 25, 35 hour weeks. And yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a big change. So you had a huge amount of success as a junior rider. Can you tell me about some of your experiences? Yeah, I think when I was junior, I just wanted to race everything, just as, as I had been at a youth level. Just, you know, I was doing mountain biking, um, cyclocross, track, road. 
and I was just racing lots that's all I can remember is just you know every single weekend would be at an event um and like I say I was wasn't really training as such I'd probably start doing some turbo sessions within the week and I had um a guy that was mentoring me he wasn't my coach I wouldn't say but he definitely helped me just with how much I should be doing in the week and telling me not to back off when I was sick or something and telling me to you know it was more about giving me tactics in races and stuff that he was helping me with so um yeah I think my experience of just being a junior was just racing so much. How did you prioritise your training for each discipline? Did you target certain events or races? I think that's something that's really changed throughout my career because when I was younger I didn't really think about it I was like I said I just did everything and then definitely as I've got older I've learned that you can't do everything because your body you know look at certain disciplines and you know if I wanted to be a world-class cross rider I couldn't do mountain bike and road as well I needed to really just fully focus on that one discipline like with cyclocross you really have to start thinking about the season um you know months before it even begins for for that preparation um and you really have to think of yourself as like a whole athlete so you're doing running core sessions strength training skills on the bike training on the road so it really depends what discipline you kind of are focused on at the time I think for me for cross it was quite an easy decision to just be like okay I'm all into this and I'm just going to focus on cross so obviously you said earlier about you being on the track program can you tell me about that yeah well when I um when I'd won a few of the junior races um you know in, in the different disciplines and um, there wasn't that many girls coming up in the um like in the elites in in track racing there was like Victoria Pendleton um, Emma Davis and a few others I can't remember all the names um but doing the bunch races there wasn't that many girls so um I think it was yeah Shane Sutton one of the um coaches at British Icon at the time said oh why don't you come and try out doing the elite scratch race in Manchester at the World Cup and I was 18 at the time and I was thinking oh my god that's that's massive like a World Cup I've like with the elites and I'm only 18 that's crazy and I did it and then I finished fifth and then he straight away was like oh why don't you come on the track and you know you can move up to Manchester and um you can come and do the you know race track and I think I did two world championships went to the Commonwealth Games had like a, a decent kind of career on the track but I just I just found it quite I, I think when I was younger I always did so much outdoors like riding outdoors and when I was on the track it was more like you was a bit of a robot so I'd be going inside to the gym or I'd be training in, indoors obviously on the velodrome and I just wanted to um yeah almost like just escape and just go and ride outside again and I just got a bit bored of it and that's when I decided that yeah I think I I didn't really want to do it anymore. Yeah so I actually recently saw your post on Instagram where you talked about being off of the track program at 21 and how it made you realize that you weren't really enjoying it anymore it must have been a hard time for you how did you cope with this yeah it was super difficult because I think at the time you know it was you know I got told you know you're not really performing anymore on the track are you actually enjoying it and I said you know I wasn't enjoying it I think it's best you know if yeah if I stop it and straight away they said okay then um what do you want to do now you know we have some courses here some like nutrition courses you can go to college 
And I was thinking in the back of my head, no, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. I want to still race. I don't have to stop racing just because I'm not on British cycling. That's not everything. Um, and I went home and um, basically came to the decision that if I wanted to make it as a cyclist, I wanted to go to Belgium and just yeah, start doing some races on the road and see what opportunities came, came for me. And I think it was a difficult time, but at the same time it promoted so much growth and it kind of allowed me to step away and, just um, learn more about racing in the real world so it was almost the best thing that happened to me. Mm. You obviously showed a lot of resilience um, when you headed off to Belgium and you started competing in some races that I've never heard of. What are <laughs> Kermes? Kermesses. Kermes. Yeah. So basically a Kermes in Belgium um, is like a road race but on a circuit so instead of like a criterion where you'd probably do you know, 50 laps of a circuit that's like one mile, you'd do a lap of, say, four miles, like 10 times, mm. um, or something like that. So they're almost like bigger, bigger criterium circuits. And they're quite popular in Belgium. And, you know, you get so many people turning up every weekend to do them. I think in the summer, there's probably like three or four races every week that you can do. Wow. Um, and they, they start from a young age you know I think they start with like junior categories um, and then you go straight into the elites and you know there's always like 100 150 women racing and they're great oh wow what was your first cross race in Belgium um I'm sure that I did one when I was literally like 16 years old this was before even the track stuff it was just a race that I went over to Belgium with my dad I'm sure I raced Coxider but I was only like 16 I can't really remember it and then when I went to Belgium the second time when I was like 22 23 I went to a race called Le Beak. it was like a UCI race but I'd literally turned up on my dad's um cross bike and I borrowed some wheels and just got on the start line and was like oh I haven't raced cross for a few years I might just give it a go um so I just did that and I think I nearly got lapped but I remember thinking afterwards, oh, I really want to do more of these. They're amazing. And I just absolutely fell in love with the sport again there and then. Mm. And it actually took you several years before you got a major podium. What kept you going? I think I just always had like, when I was really, in, when I started racing cross again, it just felt like it was me again that was riding my bike. And I just fell in love with the sport all over again. And I just had this deep belief that if I did something long enough and if I put time into it, that I'd get results. Um, and I think year on year, I kept going from like 20th, a top 20 to a top 15 to a top 10 to a top five. So every year I was seeing a lot of progress. And because I was doing more training and I think you just get, if you, if you spend enough time out there, you get to learn all the courses and they just became normal for me. Um, and so I knew what I needed to do in training to, to go and perform there. And then eventually I got my first World Cup podium. And then it was kind of just, it just, I started getting results pretty much every weekend. Then it was, it was like something clicked. And yeah, I think success makes you more successful or, almost. Yeah. So in the 2011-2012 season, you were first overall in the Super Prestige Series. How did it feel to take such a big win of a series with the best riders in the world? Yeah, it was amazing, really. I think at the time I didn't really, it, 
I didn't really think about it like that because I was in a bit of a mindset where I'd just go from one race to the next and never really even when I was getting results I didn't think about them I just was like okay what's the next race what's the next race so even when I won something like the super prestige series it was always like okay I've done this so what can I do next season I think it's only now that I've finished my career and I look back at my results it makes me really proud of what I did but at the time I was just always focused on what's next and maybe I should have enjoyed those moments a little bit more because yeah they were something so um it was yeah I'm really proud of those results now when I actually look at your results in cyclocross there were so many podiums in world cups european championships dbvs and super prestige rounds you've had an incredible career can you tell me about your win at namur in the world cup I think I still get goosebumps now when I think of Namor because that's one race that I always loved. I think I'd got podiums there before. And to me, it probably is, yeah, the most prestigious cross of the whole season. You know, there's that course is something special. It's really technical. You have to be really physically fit to do it. You have to be in a good mental place. And everyone was there that day, all of my competitors, um, Marianne Voss, Pauline Prevost, like all these riders that I'd looked up to for years and raced against. And it was a day where I just felt like everything came together. Um, I had a good start. I felt strong. I was riding my own race, not thinking about anything else. My mum and dad was there watching. And it was just, yeah, to finish on my own in a World Cup, like finally get that win. It was, yeah, it was so amazing. I'm so happy with that race still when I think about it it just makes me happy (laughs) and it was muddy so I always like it when it's muddy (laughs) I love the mud too oh do you it's much more fun than in the dry isn't it yeah I hate it in the dry when it's really bumpy because it's really hard to get the power whether in the mud it's so much fun and it's really slippery and yeah definitely it's that risk that you're gonna fall off and that you're gonna slide in the mud that's really fun yeah, definitely. And I think you, you don't mind falling off either, do you? Because you know it's probably not going to hurt because you landed on mud. Yeah. And you know that everybody else is in the same position. So, um, yeah, the muddy, the muddy races are always the, more, the most fun. Yeah. So you've been British national champion as a youth and then again as an elite. Do you have a favourite win or favourite course? Um, I think in cyclocross, probably Bradford, like back home, was my, like my favourite course because it was usually always really heavy going. It was on the side of a hill. It was muddy. Um, and I think there was always this big rivalry between me and Helen Wyman for so many years. And usually Helen had always come out on top in nationals and I never quite got it together. Um, and then Bradford was the first time where everything seemed to come together and I finally got my hands in the air. And yeah, won that jersey. And it was a race I never really used to enjoy, to be honest, because I'd be racing all these crazy events in Europe and I'd never feel much pressure. But as soon as I came back to the UK and we had the national championships, it was like everybody just put so much pressure on me and Helen. And it just felt, um, it was almost like a race that I always just couldn't wait for it to be finished because there was that much stress around it. Um, But I think definitely Bradford was probably my best win just because it was my first national title did you enjoy the course that day yeah yeah I did because it's like you said before it was muddy and slippy and technical heavy going 
not not too much running um but you could really like power through the mud which was my kind of speciality and it's what I enjoyed so it was perfect conditions can you tell me about one of your most memorable battles I think there's probably two that stand out for me I think there's Tabor World Championships um and that was a special day because um yeah I'd ridden there a few seasons like on the trot so I knew what the course was going to be like usually it was quite dry and fast and usually it snowed there so I was kind of expecting a really fast race but as we were all stood on the start line it started to snow rain hail everything and it just became this like absolute mud fest um and there was like me Marianne Voss um Pauline Prevost Caroline Manny Katerina Nash and Sana Kant and we were all battling for the whole race you know you couldn't decide who was going to win it was just like one of us would be on the front then the other then someone would attack and it was just yeah an incredible race I finished fourth in the end um but it was probably one of my proudest races that I've ever kind of fought so hard to achieve a result at um and then there's older world championships as well that was in um Belgium obviously it was yeah another amazing event and we had a really close battle and that was a that was another good memory. Mm. So you said about snowing. I've never ridden in snow. Is it any different from just riding in the normal mud? It it kind of is very similar to mud because a lot of the time when you um, when you race and the the snow will just turn to mud anyway. It will just go like water. And um, so it kind of depends what the conditions have been like previously. If the ground's really totally hard then the snow can fall and it could become like basically an ice rink. So it feels like you're on ice. Um, and then if it's been really muddy before it, then you're going to get a lot of slush and then it is similar conditions to just riding in normal mud. Yeah. What about your tyres and your kit? What was that like when it snowed? Um, when it snowed, I think I'd usually go on Dugast on um, like rhinos, which is like a mud tyre basically, it has a mud tread. Um, so you'd end up you basically want more, the more grip you could get the better and you'd always have your tyre pressure really soft because the softer your tyres are the more surface area you have so the more grip you're going to get when it comes to muddy races so you know tyre pressure and things like that made a huge difference when you were coming to those races Um yeah it mattered a lot. So I met you at Gravesend National Championships which was the last national championships that you did and it was an amazing race. I hadn't really been into cyclocross that long, but I was drawn to you as a rider and I loved the Medita kit. I oh, that makes me feel really good, you saying that. I'm so happy like I've inspired you to, to race, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, one time I did a video of me training in my garden and then you shared it on your story and that, that was amazing for me. Oh, Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm happy. I think I remember doing that, actually. It was quite a long time ago, a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, good for you for getting those skills dialed in. <laughs> when I was at Gravesend, I also met your mum, and she gave me one of your Medita buffs. Oh. How did the whole Medita thing start? Well, Medita, it was, it was something, well, it was, I think it was 2017, um, and I was at a point where I could have either signed another contract with Bowles Dolman and, and carried on riding on the road and on 
and doing the cross. Um, but I just had this like feeling inside me that I just knew that if I wanted to be really good at cyclocross, then I needed to kind of just focus on that. And I couldn't keep doing the road as well because I couldn't get the preparation right. Um, so I thought, okay, what can I do where I can make sure that I could still race and be supported from sponsors, but also give something back to the sport and help like provide some inspiration to young riders and give back some, yeah, some of the things that I'd learned through my career and help others. Um, and then that's where, really where I thought, okay, why don't I start my own team and I can do some training camps with young riders and give them some inspiration and maybe like start coaching after I, after, after I retire and um, kind of be control, in control of what I was doing on the bike as well and have my own sponsors and, and that support system. So that's really where it came about. Mm. Can you tell me about coaching young riders? Yeah, I coach quite a few young riders at the moment and I'm really enjoying it because I think, I feel like my job is more not, is to encourage them and for, for them to learn, but also to hold them back and make sure they're not doing too much too soon. Um, because the last thing I'd ever want is for riders to burn out. I want them to carry on loving the cycling as much as they do now when they're kind of 20, 25 years old. So for me, it's making sure that they're disciplined in what they're doing. Like they want to, they want to try a lot of different um, disciplines, you know, mountain bike, track, road, keep a balance there and, you know, go to club sessions and learn and um, race and give them tactics. And that's kind of really what I enjoy doing with the young riders and, you know, just helping them guide their way up, up through the ranks and through to juniors and under, under 23s and give them some experience that I've learned through my career and, and pass it on. How have you managed to do the coaching this year because of coronavirus? It's actually been quite good because I think a lot of people have needed a bit of structure um, because, you know, there hasn't been events to, for them to go for. So they felt a little bit lost in a way and they kind of want, you know, some sessions to do, something, some goals and um, something to look forward to and a bit of encouragement um, and guidance as well. Because, you know, the worry is that there's been a year pretty much without no racing and the thought of maybe riders just stopping racing is the worst thing in the world. So I think almost just, you know, being there for riders to encourage them to stay at it, racers will return again. You know, you need to keep your fitness, you, you know, you can still work on your skills and have fun and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite good actually with coaching. It's, um, it's really took off. So you've now retired as a rider and you're a full-time mum to your daughter, Ida. How are you finding motherhood? Was it hard to adjust from being a professional cyclist? Yeah, it's definitely been, been hard, but it's the most amazing thing I've ever done is being a mum. And um, that last year I was, I was racing, I knew that would be my last season i wanted to retire to have a family and yeah it's a massive change because i was living in two different countries i was living in belgium and girona traveling all over the world you know racing every weekend training through the summer um, and i think when you're a professional cyclist everything is about you because it has to be because you need to be disciplined and you know you have to be focused on what you're doing um, and then when you stop and you want a family and you, you have a little baby it's like everything then becomes around them and your whole life is them then which is amazing as well but you just realize there's so much more you know that you have to give than just riding your bike and um yeah it's definitely 
definitely been a challenging year it's it's not easy but it's it's something that I actually thrive on and I love you know being Ida's mum. Can you give me some advice on the best ways to train fuel and recover for young riders and in particular teenage girls? Yeah I think with young riders it's I always tell everybody just to love what they're doing and to keep having fun um, I think group sessions and club rides are a great thing to be a part of um, and if you've got local clubs around you I think definitely joining in with them um, and getting stuck into some of their training sessions because I think the more that you can learn at a young age the better that your future in cycling is going to be you know it's not always about you know you know your threshold power and you know how you are physically because your body can be totally different when you're 13 to when you're you know 23 you're in a totally different body so it's not about really what training you should be doing but just you know finding what's going to make you a better rider and what's going to make you learn and um, taking opportunities and as many experiences as you can get I think that's what I'd always say and also just to listen to your body and when you get sick make sure you rest you give yourself some downtime and you know you try and find a bit of balance with everything that you do yeah definitely oh good how do you think cyclocross has changed in the last 10 years i think it's changed massively for the better i think women were definitely just seen mainly as a junior boy 10 years ago you know they never really got any any notice really when they were racing you just race with the boys and now you know we've got our own categories you know there's junior um category now in the world cups in south cross and you know everything's kind of on the move we have more races tele televised and um, with social media everything's covered more and you kind of get to see a lot more of the sport than just you know somebody racing around the field you get to know them as a person um, and i think yeah i think it can only go forwards to be honest and um yeah i think it's come on so much what are your plans for next year Oh, I haven't really thought about next year much. I mean, I, I guess just carry on being Ida's mum, the best mum I can be to Ida. Um, I'm still riding my bike quite a bit. I wanted to do some cross races actually myself this season, not managed to do any yet because obviously we're in coronavirus. But maybe I managed to do some in December, January time. And just keep enjoying my coaching and making sure that young riders stay in the sport and help them grow through the different disciplines and... Um, yeah, just keep carrying on giving back to cycling and what I've learned and inspiring others or hoping to at least. Yeah. What's your What's your dreams for next year? What's your plans? Um. Well, I haven't really thought about that actually. I think I'd just like to improve my skills and obviously um, start doing some national races in like maybe mountain bike or in cyclocross. And obviously trying to do the best I can in school as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about finding balance between all your racing. And yeah, you've got a lot going on with school and everything. So hopefully you'll have some events to go to next year and you can pin a number on again and go and have some little battles of your own. Yeah. Sounds are good. You, are you living full time in the UK now? Yeah, yeah. I live in um, Derbyshire at the moment. Um, we moved back here last year. Um, so yeah, pretty much living here all the time. Haven't really been anywhere. It's weird because normally like through the year, I'd probably be getting like 50, 60 flights a year, traveling all different places. And this year I've only flew once. 
Um, so it's been a bit strange being in one place for more than a couple of weeks at a time because as a cyclist, you're always used to just dotting around everywhere. And then finally, you've got somewhere where you're just in one place for a long amount of time. It's, it's yeah, it's quite different. What's your favourite race you have ever done? Oh, favourite race. It's really hard. I think I've got so many. Um, obviously, Namor is one of my favourite ones just because I've got great memories of that race and it's always been something special. Um, I think Coxider as well, the World Cup there. Again, it's just a special race. You know, they, you always got a lot of Brits come over and watch. I've had good results there, so that always helps and creates a lot of good memories. Um, always like the harder ones, really, just like Overizer, Aspergava. And then that was a special race for me. So I can't just say one, to be honest. It's like a collection of probably six or seven races. Hopefully you can go to some and race yourself in a few years' time. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, it'd be really great to do some races abroad and things like that. Yeah, definitely. You're so young, so you've got so many great experiences to come. Um, so I just say take all the opportunities you can and go for it. You've got nothing to lose. Where is your favourite place to ride for fun? To ride for fun? Actually, I feel like I'm quite lucky in where I live now um, because I've got so much great mountain biking just on my doorstep. And that's really where I began my career is just riding locally on my mountain bike trails. Um, so I always just go up there if I have like a spare hour or two or if Matt's home and he can look after rider, just go and have a little blast around in the mud um, on my local trails. Um, yeah I feel pretty privileged that I can live here yeah what about you where's your favorite places to ride um I love my like local roads and everything because they're so empty there's not many cars that drive in them but they're very hilly I I live on the top of a hill so I have to come up a hill whenever I come home which isn't very fun but I know you're paying with that one. I live on the top of a hill too, and every direction up here, it's uphill. It's not good when you're, well, when I was like nine months pregnant, it was a struggle. But I feel you're paying with that one. <laughs> Who is your favourite current rider? <sighs> I mean, there's so many inspirational riders at the moment. You know, Celine Del Carmen Alvarado, she's unbelievable at the minute. She's unstoppable. Yeah. And I think technically, she's just a level above everybody else at the moment. And I think it's nice because all the riders that are out there racing at the moment, I've raced against. So you almost like appreciate what they've done in the sport so far. And, you know, you know, the journey that they've been on, you know, them as people and they're just the same as yourself. And to see them go out there every weekend and keep having all these battles in the mud and, and everything over in Belgium and just to see, you know, how the skills are coming on and everything. It's um, yeah, it's really inspirational. I think they're all, they've all got, something special but Celine is like on fire at the moment yeah what do you think who's your best rider who's your favorite well I, I obviously really like Celine because she's incredible but I really like Pauline Pram because I think she's so f amazing and she's been doing it for a long time now but then I'm loving the new mountain bike riders coming in like Evie Richards and Ella Short from the UK it's really yeah. to see all the riders from the UK now coming in and obviously Zoe Backstead who just won the junior race at the weekend it's amazing to see so many young British riders yeah it really is 
it really is I think it definitely you know you, you've got to look at them and you think they're not even that much older than you so yeah. it must give you a lot of inspiration to think oh that could be me in a few years time if I stick yeah. at what I'm doing you know why not you know they've basically been the same as you they've been at school and then just riding their bikes and doing some races in the UK and that's where they are now and hopefully you're going to have that path you know to keep striding for looking forward so um yeah th- those riders are all incredible that you've mentioned um, they've all got their own their own like unique way of racing um, and they're good to watch you can obviously watch it everything now can't you just on live stream so yeah it was a shame that we couldn't actually watch the um junior women's race at the weekend because I was because I was hoping to be able to see what happened but we could only see the standings and not the actual racing which was a shame yeah definitely but I think hopefully I'm sure in the next year or a couple of years time you know these races are going to be televised and I think the more people that become interested in them you know the more people want them on tv the more likely that is to happen so I think for for the first to be like a a junior women's event is amazing and hopefully now we can just build on that and yeah hopefully you'll be getting to see them on on tv in a couple of years or you know I'll be sat watching you maybe (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it'll be good for the men to be seen as well with people like Cameron Mason doing so well and everything. And obviously Thomas May and everybody. Yeah, it would be definitely. great to see that televised as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, they're doing incredible out there and fair play to them. You know, they went out to Belgium a couple of years ago and you can just tell that they've gained so much from doing that. You know, they were never getting amazing results to begin with and now you see them growing in the sport and just you know getting podiums at European championships and a few years ago you would have never seen that especially in the men's side um so I think yeah we definitely have a bright future in cyclocross ahead of us who is your favorite rider of all time oh it's a really difficult one um there's a few um I think you say like Pauline Prevost she is obviously someone that's been at the top of the sport for a long time she's won so many world championships across disciplines so I think yeah she's someone that I have a lot of respect for um I think Hank Coot for Nagel as well I'm not sure if you will know her she's a bit older than probably what you remember but she was an incredible bike rider she's actually a new mum as well um, and we're still keeping contact but she was always a rider that I looked up to she was strong on a bike she was great technically um and yeah, she was probably one of the first women really that I used to see racing and just thought, wow, she's incredible. I want to be like her when I'm older. Um, so probably her. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? Oh God. Um, I think I'm a bit all over the place with playlists. I think when I was in the last season, I got into Queen, which is not really like me, but I used to listen to a bit of Queen, um, some Drake, um there's loads of different uh Macklemore, um Kanye West, The Weekend, all those kind of yeah, people. I'd have quite a selection on there. Anything to get me fired up really and ready to ready to like go and battle. Yeah, Kanye West and Queen is quite a mixture. <laughs> yeah, it's two different ends of the scale, but yeah, it's what works for me. So you always have to just go with what works for you, don't you? Thank you for joining me today, Nikki. Oh, thank you for having me. 
it's been good to talk to you um, and looking forward to seeing your career and how that, that pans out over the next few years. I'm sure you've got a bright future ahead of you. Thank you. They say you should never meet your heroes, but I've been lucky enough to meet lots of my cycling heroes. Starting this podcast has given me the chance to speak to so many amazing cyclists and learn more about them. Nikki Pramia and Helen Wyman were my first cyclocross heroes, and having spoke to them, I can honestly say they have not disappointed. By the time I get home from school, it's already getting dark, so I have been riding on the rollers a lot and watching some great racing from over the last few years. If you're looking for inspiration, I recommend you check out the UCI channel on YouTube. Thanks for listening. See you on the bike.